This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Hello, everyone. It's Nigel Seeley here, and it's another edition of Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, number one tennis betting podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers. It's week two of the Asian swing and fresh from a winning week last week uh, and a good start to this week. I've got our senior ATP tour handicapper, Sean Calvert. Good morning to you, Sean. How you doing, mate? You all right? Very well, actually. Very well indeed. I feel good quite though. good. Looking forward to the Ryder Cup this week. I'm really looking forward to that. That's, yeah, when does uh, that start? Starts tomorrow. Starts tomorrow. Okay. Head to the Bet Rivers website. There's a whole host of specials there and also on our Instagram and our Twitter account, Lots of good bets for myself, Dan Roebuck, and uh, Simon Holden. We walked around the golf course, played a little bit of golf, and yeah, some wages. Yeah, lovely day. It was beautiful. Very nice, very nice indeed. Um, I knew it was on, but I wasn't. I wasn't obviously sure when it was on. I'm kind of immersed in tennis, uh, so I don't, uh, I don't get a chance to look at any other sports. Not not that often. I mean, not during the tennis season anyway. Well, we have nothing, nothing's really been going on. We had a winner though, didn't we? We had a nice winner of Manorino. Um, yeah, he's through to the next round. So. Nothing's really been going on uh, in the last few days. It's been very slow. It's been a really peculiar start, hasn't it? Because we, we spoke on, it was sort of latish on Tuesday night, wasn't it? Mm. Um, and I hadn't seen the schedule then, but what they did on, it's, it's a Wednesday to, to Tuesday, but they spent the whole of Wednesday just finishing the qualies, and there was only like four matches. You know, they could have played some round one match. What they normally do is finish the qualies and have a, a selection of round one matches as well on that same day, but they didn't do that, and so the, the first matches have, have only just been played in the last few hours here. We've only got four players through to the second round of them in, in, in Beijing, and it's supposed to have started on on you know on Wednesday. So it's uh it's a bit of a bit of a bit of a slow start, really. But um, that's why we've we, that's why we've got this opportunity actually to look at a lot more of the first round matches that we didn't have time to look at on Tuesday. Yeah, uh, look at these matches indeed. Um, we're going to look at these all first round matches in Beijing. Uh, we've got six matches in total we're going to look about here. There's obviously a whole whole host more of them. It's a good matchup. Head to the Bet Rivers websites. It's an ATP Tour 500 event, and there's some really nice matches. You would expect them to be quarterfinals or maybe last 16 matches, not uh, first round matches. Some really, really good matchups here. Um, before we go on to the matchups, you watching the tennis? What are the conditions like? Is it as hot as we expected? Is it is it uh, the conditions fast or like pretty slow? Or how, how do we see it? I think it's a kind of medium paced court. This is a deco turf outdoor hard court. It's it's not it's not the quickest. It's not the slowest. Um, by the looks of things, they're using head tour balls, which are slightly slower than. The Wilson ones are actually using Wilson ones in Astana this year. They keep changing the balls there. In theory, that should make Astana a little bit quicker, but it, I don't think it has. It still looks pretty slow. But as far as this is concerned, Beijing, I'd say medium-ish during the day. I'd say medium-slow at night when it gets, you know, a bit colder. Um, as far as the weather's concerned, it's tomorrow. Let's just look at tomorrow. It's going to be about 27 degrees and, and sunny. So quite a pleasant day to play tennis. Nothing like the humidity of Zhuhai last week. It's only going to get up to around sort of 35 40 percent humidity whereas Zhuhai was over double that last week so it's the conditions are pleasant um i would say it would play sort of medium-ish during the day and, and sort of medium slow in, uh, in the evening 
Right, the first match we're going to talk about is the number one seed here and the number two in the world, the Wimbledon champion, Carlos Alcaraz. He's up against Yannick Hanferman. Uh, he's a very heavy favourite. He's the Spaniard. He's minus 5,000 with Bet Rivers. Yannick Hanferman is plus 1,600. The spread here is six and a half. Alcaraz uh, giving up six and a half is plus 105. Hanferman uh, receiving six and a half. The favourite, minus 134. The total is 18 and a half, which does seem a little bit low because when they've played once before, they haven't played on the main tour before they played in a challenger in Seville on clay in 2019. And obviously Alcaraz isn't the player, the proposition he, he is now than he was then, but that was a seven, six, seven, six win for Alcaraz with the total games coming at 26. Do you think that uh, Alcaraz has it all his own way? Or do you think Hanferman can, uh, can trouble the number one seed? I think he can on his best form. You know, Alcaraz has never played China before. So we'll see how his motivation is. He's, he's talked about the year one, the year one, the end of year number one being his goal. We know we'll see about that. Um, Hanfman against top ten opponents, uh, four thirteen win loss, beating Monfils, Sitipas, Rublev, and Fritz. So his best form is decent. Uh, perhaps the Davis Cup revitalised him because he's had a poor spell. Hanfman of six losses um, in a row since Gestard. Um, qualified nicely here. Uh, hasn't dropped a set. Does have the weapons on his day to be competitive, but scheduling. The, the late match, as I said earlier, the conditions are slower um, at night. So that that is kind of off-putting a little bit, really. Um, I took a look at Alcaraz in his opening match in best of three-set tournaments in 2023 um, with specific regard to the overs. Over 18 and a half games six times, under 18 and a half games four times. So he has been taken past that overs mark um, more often than not in his opening match of best of three. So possibilities for Hanferman here. Um, Hansman against top 10 players in best of three set matches in his career only lost once in, in 18 games or fewer in eight career matches. So, you know, given his strong serve and the fact that it's a new tournament for Alcaraz, Hansman's come through qualies very, very well, holding serve 19 times out of 20 against decent opposition in Lajevic and Kekmanovic. Um, I would say if you're betting in this match, it's the overs does look the best option. Night match isn't ideal. I would have preferred a day match for Hansman, really, but. The lean here, I would say over 18 and a half games plus money. I think, well, plus money earlier on when I looked at Bet Rivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I quite like that as well. I think he's going to take him a little bit of time to get used to conditions. He obviously hasn't played here. It's plus 102 over 18 and a half against an opponent who, admittedly, was four years ago, has given him some problems before. Just to show you that, the, the, that how competitive and what a good feel this is, this is the first round match we're going to talk about next. It's 20 past three in the morning scheduled. So it's an early. Uh, 10 past three, so it's an early match. It's carrying Chachanov, the winner last week in Juhai, who beat our pick Nishioka in the final. He's up against Lorenzo Massetti. Now, that is a first-round match uh, in a ATP Tour 500 event. Two players in the top 20 of the world. Talking about conditions here, this one, you know, if it's quick, you've got to fancy Kachanov. If it's if it's slow, you've got to fancy Massetti. Kachanov is the favourite, minus 162. Massetti is plus 130. Uh, they've never met before, which is surprising. Never met before. Uh, the spread is one and a half. Uh, Masetti receiving one and a half star evens. Kachanov minus 129, uh, giving up one and a half. And a total a lot higher in this one, as you would expect, 22 and a half. But Kachanov is coming on the back of a tournament win. Uh, I know it's in the, it's in Asia. I know it's uh, in the same country, but it's still taken a lot out of him in very, very hot conditions uh, to get that win. Uh, but the conditions are going to be key here, aren't they, Sean, in this one? Yeah, well, a condition of Kashanov, I think, is going to be key. You know, how has he recovered from that Juhai match? I would say the evidence is probably okay because he played doubles today with Rublev. You wouldn't have thought it entered the doubles if he was if he was shattered. 
Uh, Massetti didn't look particularly well in his last match against um, Safflin, complained of blurred vision. Didn't look great against Rindakanesh or Sekulic either. Massetti hasn't been in the best of form lately. On form, you'd expect Kachinov to win this, but I am worried about his his kind of physicality. Having played only one tournament really in three months, apart from that one match at the US Open, how is his body holding up after that Zhuhai um, tough um, week? As I say, the fact that he's played doubles, I think, is a positive. Um, but the last 12 months stats on outdoor hard at main level, nothing in it really. Kashanov, 71% win rate and a 106 service points, one return points, one total. Massetti has the same total and a 62% win rate. So not a lot in it on, the, on those stats. Not a lot in it on the whole break stats either. Catching off 110 uh, service hold and break total. Massetti 109. So only one point in it really. So stats wise, it's, it's pretty close. But I think the matchup might be a favorable one for Kashanov. You know, he has a very, very solid um, double-handed backhand, likely to outlast the Massetti single-hander, which is prone, obviously, to, to more errors being that kind of flashy one-hander that he does have. Um, initially, I think the prizes have moved on this, haven't they? Because Kashanov was was bigger than this when I first looked at this match. And I was quite tempted to back Kashanov. But he's come down to about, what, 1.67 or something like that now? Yeah, minus 162. Yeah, it's just a little bit short. I was tempted to back Kashanov, but that that price isn't big enough now, based on the stats that I just said, and based on the fact that we we don't know really how Kashanov's going to be after that tough, tough week in Zhuhai. The lean is Kashanov, but I, I want a, a slight. I'm being maybe being a bit greedy, but I think I want a slightly better price based on those stats. You might get it though, Sean, because looking at the 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 latest money, the money's actually now coming from Massetti. Massetti seems to be being quite popular in support at plus 130. I think that plus 130 is going to be under pressure. That's the best price in the world currently with Bet Rivers on Massetti. So if you want a bigger price for Kachanov, I think you may get it uh, come closer to the match start in the early hours of Friday morning. What price would you want to bet him at if he, if he got back? I could certainly go maybe 1.8. 1.8, definitely, I think I probably would. But um, I'm just looking at the results. You might that be generous there. Up. You're not going to get that. You might get... You might, you might 175, get one, maybe. 136, I think you might get. But I, I think the, the line might come back in Kachanov's... Uh, Anti-Kachanov, I think the money will definitely come from the city. It's a standout price, that plus 130. So, you know, it's if just, you do want to bet Kachanov, wait till the, wait till the closer to time, I think. I was just looking at the doubles result. They did win, actually, Kachanov and Rublev in the doubles against the Chinese pair. Um, but I didn't see the match, so... Maybe people saw something in that Kashanov match that I obviously didn't see. So that's that's a possibility as well. Maybe you looked a bit, I don't know, maybe he was, had some sort of physical problem in that match. I don't know, but something to think about. They both are going to be as bad as one another, I think, here. I think it's uh, I think it's all about conditions. If it's really quick, Kachanov, you've got a fancy. If it's a bit slower, then he's got a chance. But uh, obviously both of them coming from epic weeks, going very deep. Obviously, Kachanov winning the tournament, Mussetti getting to the semifinals. Uh, next match uh, is a battle between Grigor Dimitrov Against Mackenzie McDonald, Grigor Dimitrov is a heavy favourite, minus 225. Mackenzie McDonald is plus 175. The spread here is three and a half. Dimitrov is giving up three and a half. He's plus 102. And the total, again, is a high. It's 22 and a half with uh, under the favourite at minus 127. These two have met a few times, unlike uh, the other two matches we've spoken about. Uh, and it's 2-1, their head-to-head, uh, in Dimitrov's favour. And the last time they met was this year in Washington, in very hot conditions, but Dimitrov won 7-6-6-2. Prior to that, they won in Miami in hot conditions again, and McDonald won 6-1-6-4. So not really much in the head-to-heads. This one looks, uh, you would favour Dimitrov, but at minus 225, I wouldn't bet him with your money. Not even with my money. Now, it is no. a little bit short. 
Uh, as you said, these two have had some pretty good tussles in the past and the stats of the head-to-head shows how close their matches have actually been. In the, in the three meetings they've had, which is all on outdoor hard, McDonald, service points one, return points one, total 99, Dimitrov 101. So slight advantage to Dimitrov, who's won 1% more of the points on serve and 1% more on return. So hardly you know, anything but a dominant head-to-head uh, or anything approaching that for, for Dimitrov here. Breaking it down a bit further, Dimitrov's only won 41% of his second serve points in this matchup compared to 52% for McDonald. So big advantage for, for McDonald in the neutral rallies, if you're looking across the stats of all three matches. And in that Washington DC match, um, it, the first serve actually of Dimitrov was what did all the damage. He won 86% of his first serve points there. And it was a very, very, I watched that match. It was a very, very close first set. It went all the way to a tie break. It was a really tight tie break. Uh, Dimitrov, it was a high quality set. Actually, Dimitrov won it, just edged it, and then all the energy fell out of Mackenzie McDonald. He faded pretty badly after losing that tiebreaker, as players sometimes do when they put a ton of effort into one set and just ended up losing it. Um, as I've said previously, McDonald is always motivated playing in China. He said that many times. Uh, he went well again in Zhuhai last week, made the quarters, losing a tight one to the eventual champion, um, Kashanov. Uh, Dimitrov played pretty well last week in Chengdu before he ran into his nemesis, Zverev, who he loses to every time in the semi-final. So on the matchup, on the fact that I think McDonald, I believe him to be motivated playing in China, um, Asia generally, and, you know, it is it's an early match, this is, so the conditions should be about as quick as, as they're ever going to be here. Um, so I quite like the over 20, well, I like a lot the over 22 and a half total games. It was even money with Bet Rivers earlier on. Um, I think that's um, the spot in this one. It's still even money. Uh, 22 and a half is the line over 22 and a half. Mackenzie McDonald, Grigor Dimitrov in very, very quick conditions in an early match. 6 a.m. Eastern time is the time that match is scheduled to start. Head to the Betteries website. 28 different markets available on that match. In a first round, A2 Tour 500 event. You will not get any more markets from any other sports book in America than what you will in tennis uh, here with Bet Rivers. Uh, next match, Alexander Zverev, the aforementioned Alexander um, Zverev, the nemesis of Grigor Dimitrov. He's up against Diego Schwartzman. And um, I know last week you were, you were quite impressed with what you saw from Diego Schwartzman coming into the tournament. It didn't, it was long lived the, uh, the hopes of Diego Schwartzman. I didn't link long yeah. there. So short lived, sorry. Alexander Zverev is minus 835, a very, very heavy favourite, but he is, you know, won the title last week and he's coming here playing a lot of tennis, a lot of different conditions, a lot of travelling. Diego Schwartzman is 575. The spread is five and a half. Alexander Zverev is minus 109, giving it up. And Schwartzman plus uh, minus 117 plus the five and a half. The total again is low at 19 and a half. They've met five times previously, 3-2, the winning record in favor of Zverev, who's won their last two meetings. But the last time they met was in 2020. So in those three-year period, Diego Schwartzman has certainly gone back. He's dropped outside the top 100 and Alexander Zverev is kicked on with his career here. Um, overwhelming favourite Zverev. Um, I can't see any way Schwartzman can beat him unless Zverev has a bad day and that could potentially happen. Or, or he's injured or carrying some sort of injury after Chengdu. Um, yeah, I mean, contrasting weeks for these two last week, weren't they? Schwartzman, as you said, retired in his high opening match. I think he had some sort of stomach ailment against Bolt. Uh, and Zverev ended up winning the title. Just about. He was very, very close to to not winning it there against Safferland, but he, he did manage to grind it out in the end. Been a difficult season for Schwartzman, who's now is he's you know, he's down to 133 
in the world now, Diego Schwartzman, having begun the year at number 25. So huge, huge drop off for, for Diego Schwartzman this year. Look at his stats. You can kind of see why he's got a 30% win rate this season and his service points, one return points, one total on all surfaces at main level. It's just 95. So not anywhere near the Schwartzman of old generally this season. He still has his moments, but you know, they're few and far between. He's only held serve 67% of the time this season, Schwartzman. He used to kind of offset that by breaking a lot, but he's not even breaking that much anymore either. Um, Contrastingly, Zverev's held serve 85% of the time. So almost 20% more often Zverev is holding serve. Schwartzman also split up with um, his coach. I'm sure you remember his coach, Juan Ignacio Chela. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen him play a few times over yep. the years. Um, a couple of weeks ago, those two split up. They've been together for seven years. Um, they're not great signs, are they, for, for Diego Schwartzman? He, as I said, he, the other show, he did show a bit of spark in UTS in Frankfurt, but that that could well be because there's no pressure on it. It's just a, it's an exhibition match. It's a fun format. It's, you know, it's a kind of a relaxed environment. So you, you perhaps can play best tennis, but on the tour grind, he's, he's looked by and large a spent force this season. Schwartzman. I, I can't think that Taylor leaving him is a particularly positive sign either. Um, the head to head on hard courts, um, service points, one return points, one tails, zero of 105, uh, Schwartzman 95. So not, not an overwhelming a huge gulf in class between the two um, over the years. But I think this is all about games because it's it's been a, quite a, or, a return-oriented matchup over the years with Zverev winning 44% of return points, Schwartzman winning 39% of return points. Consequently, not one of the 13 sets that they've ever contested has gone past 10 games. So that's an interesting spot for betters, I think. Eight of Schwartzman's last nine matches against top 10 opponents have gone under 19 and a half games and only one of those nine matches has had more than 10 games in the opening set so it's been all about unders quick sets um similar you would imagine here assuming Zarev isn't really kind of leggy or carrying injury after Chengdu which would kind of put me off so the lean on this one is either under 19 and a half total games or if you can get a price on Zverev winning the opening set 6-3 that would that would be the two interesting spots for me in this one. Let's see. Let's get that prize. I'm just find I couldn't it see it earlier, so I'm not sure. Let's if we got it. it. Uh, maybe let's have a look if we got it here. Uh, set one. No, we haven't got. It will be there. I'm sure it'll be there. But uh, at the moment, it's not. We're recording this very early uh, to make sure we get it across to you with the uh, with the matches. But it's not there at the moment. But Sverev to win the first set six three is the bet for Sean. Uh, Ling for Sean, and obviously the under on the total games as well. Is it? David Schwartzman, no, nowhere near the force he was. Uh, a match uh, next up is an interesting one. I mean, you talk about motivation and talk about players questioning their what they're like, their mindset going into this match, into this sort of stage of the season of the Asian swing. We've been asking that for about four months of the season now with Stefanos Sitsipas. I mean, he's absolutely, uh, completely, his tennis career's gone back, going backwards at the moment. He's, you know, his, his, his love life and his um, Instagram career is going forward, but his tennis career is going backwards. He's the number four seed this week. He's up against Nicholas Jarry. Um, minus 230 is the price for Stefano Sitsipas. And if you'd seen his performance against Alex Molkan in the Davis Cup, you would not be rushing to bet Stefano Sitsipas at minus 230. Jarry here is plus 180. They have met a couple of times before. I was actually, I watched one of their matches play. I was in Monte Carlo this year and I watched it and Sitsipas played reasonably well, actually, and got, and got through that match. 
But they've been involved in some long battles. Uh, 29, 19, 25, and 34 is the makeup of their total games. Their head-to-head is 2-2. Sitsapas uh, won in Los Cabos in the last match, in a very close match. And uh, Halla on the grass. Uh, Jerry won, and also he won in, also on grass in Herzogenbosch. Um but this one here is all about total games for me. I think we spoke about one of these matches before between Jerry and Sitsavas on a previous episode. Yeah, we did. And the total games were pitched at 26 and a half that day. And we, we were questioning it. Today, they're the highest of the day, 24 and a half. It cashed on the over 26 and a half. Uh, over is minus 115 and under is minus 109. I suppose the two questions here are Sitsapas's attitude, which is which is massive. And the second question we have to answer is these total games, because that's where the, the interest is on this match. I think there's another question as well with, with regard to Sitsipas. Is he even fit? Um, as you've said, he's he's struggled and 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 continues to struggle since he won a, a pretty weak Los Cabos. He's he's done. You, you would have expected him to kick on and do something on the North American um, hardcore swing, but he he didn't. He's continued to struggle. Um, lost to Stricker in New York. Lost to Malkan, as you just said in the Davis Cup, which is losing to Malkan on indoor hard. I didn't see what kind of speed that service was unless it was insanely slow it's, it's a it's a bad result bad. and he only just beat lucas klein on a final set retirement as well they split two set two tie break sets him and klein and then klein retired in in the the final set there then sits pass withdrew from the labor cup due to injury I, I don't think he specified what injury it was so that May Do you think that it's it? I, I'm taking these injuries with a, with a pinch of salt. I think he's just get, I think he's fallen out of love with the game. And I think Quite he just possible. wants to. I think he wants to jack it in for the next two or three weeks. I think he wants to travel the world with his, with his beautiful girlfriend Paula Badosa uh, and just have a bit of downtime and then come back for the Australian Open. Maybe. Yeah, that's what I, I, just, I that's the kind Quite of possible. thing. I, think. I just think he's Quite just possible. had enough of it for a bit of time. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I. It, there's certainly something not quite right there. I I, I did hear a bit of tittle tattle that the two had split up, but apparently that was that was just a a, a one day thing where they're both their both their photos and, and Instagram accounts have been wiped or something. So right. everyone immediately jumped to the conclusion that there were no more. And I think I think the last I heard in the tittle tattle express was um, that they're back together and the photos have kind of reemerged. But there may be something. I think they were at the Burj Khalifa. I think they were doing something at the Burj Khalifa the other day. Um, but yes, you know, his mind might not be on tennis. If we're taking it on face value, he's it, it may be the case that he is injured or slightly injured and that possibly affected his performance in Davis Cup. And then he's just thought, yeah, I don't really want to do Labour Cup. Or he could be using it as an excuse because he doesn't want to really want to play at the minute. I, I don't know. We don't know. But um, the other side of the coin is that Jerry played really well in his Davis Cup um, rubber with Chile won two of his three matches and should have won the other one as well. Had four match points against Sonego, ended up losing. So he's he's playing pretty well, certainly better, um, you would say, than Sitsipas. If you look at the head-to-head of the matches that they've played on hard and grass, that's excluding the one that you were at in Monte Carlo. Jerry leads 2-1 win-loss. Um, he leads the service points, one return points, one tails by 101 to 99, so only narrow, but he still has shown himself to be slightly the better player over the course of three matches on hard and grass. Um, and Sitsipas stats since that last loss Cabos title win, 3-4 win-loss. He's only winning again. This is this always the thing we say about him. He's not winning enough return points. 33% of return points won 
and breaking serve only 13% of the time. And that's against the likes of Stricker, Molkan, Klein, a virtually retired Raonic, Monfils. You know, it's, it's, it's Shelton who wasn't playing well at that time, but did afterwards and her catch. So he's not, he's not played the elite of the game there in any means. He's just, he's just not, the return game is just isn't functioning for him. It's a day match as well. So I think it's enough overall in this just to have a small play on Jerry. I think it's difficult with the totals. I'm never keen on these 24, 25, 26 game totals. You know, it only takes one bad service game, doesn't it, for a set to be 6 3. Um, and then you're out the window with that. So I've, I've taken a small play on Jerry, who was um, plus 180 earlier with Bet Rivers. Yep, still there, plus 180, Nicholas Jerry. Uh, actually, actually, when we look at I think it's just changed while I've been on there. Um, oh, it's actually gone in a little bit. Plus 165. Just changed as we were we, we were talking. I just saw the line. So, is, someone, is this office bugged? Has someone bugged me? We just, as we I said, we were plus, well, mate, he's gone plus 165. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think Jerry. I think Jerry plus two and a half as well, if you want to be a little bit safer, because Sissipas can throw in a set uh, really easy in his current mood. And I think Jerry gives him all kinds of problems today. So I really do like that play. The final match we're going to talk about again is another very intriguing match, a very interesting match. Daniel Medvedev, the number two seed up against Tommy Paul. Uh, Medvedev is a heavy favourite, minus $4 up against Paul, who is available at plus 295. They met once before in the 2021 French Open. Uh, Medvedev won three sets to one. Uh, Medvedev hasn't played since the US Open final defeat against Novak Djokovic. And Tommy Paul, after his run to the last 16 of the US Open, he hasn't had it at all well. He's played very poorly. Uh, Botic ran the Sanchez, beat him in the Davis Cup. Ruzavori beat him in the Davis Cup. And then Rude um, beat him at the Labour Cup. And he didn't even take a set in any of those matches. So this is an out-of-form Tommy Paul, who's had a long season. And Medvedev, nice rested up from the US Open. Um, can't see anything other than a Medvedev winner at minus $4. Yeah, I, I agreed. I mean, Paul it doesn't look in a good place at the minute with his tennis. Something's not quite right, whether he's carrying a physical ailment or whether he's something's going on off the court. I don't know. He just doesn't look doesn't look at it at the minute at all. Um, lost his way badly against Ben Shelton in that, that match that I watched in New York and has, has done nothing since. As you said, lost to Van der Zanskort, Rusevoari. Also lost to Casper Ruud in Labour Cup. All those were straight sets losses. Um, so since almost blowing a, a, a double break lead, well, he did, I think, break a, blow a double break lead against Shelton, um, in the opening set of that match at the US Open. He's only won one of the nine sets he's played since then. So something's gone off with Tommy Paul. And and now he's got what looks like a on paper and, and kind of in the matchup looks really tough against Medvedev, who's coming here on the back of that run to the final in New York. Um, they played once before, as you said, at the French Open. After a slow start, Medvedev won easy that, that day. Um, dropped the first set, I think, and then just race through it. Tommy Paul only won 50% of his service points that day. So his serve was doing nothing. I can't see him outlasting Medvedev in, in many of the prolonged exchanges that, that, that probably will be in this match. I'm not sure Tommy Paul has the the raw firepower to hit through the Medvedev defences on, on a regular basis. He's going to have to employ a bit of serve volley here, I think, if he's got any chance of beating Medvedev. Is he comfortable doing that? I'm not sure. I think he can do it. He has done it. In the past, I'm not sure he's totally comfortable doing it, but I think he might have to because I can't see him winning playing his normal sort of baseline game. Um, and if he doesn't do that serve volley, I think he's going to struggle to hold serve. And unless he serves a lot better than he has been lately, he's not been serving well at all. 
so the lean here, Medvedev minus four and a half games. That was an even money shot with Bet Rivers earlier on, or you could play the under 21 and a half total games. Either way, it's a kind of, it's a bet where I think Medvedev's going to win with a little bit to spare. Yeah, both those prices still available. Minus four and a half on the spread is evens under 21 and a half minus 121. 6 a.m. start. Remember, all these matches are through the early morning of Friday, starting around about 1.50 a.m. Eastern time. And the final match gets underway at 7 a.m., uh, 6.30 a.m. Uh, with the Alcaraz match. Um, there are some uh, some great matches. We haven't, we haven't spoken. Rublev against Norrie, which is an interesting one there. We've also got Holger Rune against Felix Auger-Heliasing. We've got a pick on that. We've got Felix Auger-Heliasing to win the tournament. Nishi Okai up against uh, Zhang. He's our... He's our We've got a pick on that match as well from on Tuesday. Uh, so head to the Betro's website, have a look at some of them. Evans against uh, Yannick Sinner. And some really, really good matches on the first round. It's a great night of tennis betting or early morning uh, stateside of tennis betting in uh, Beijing. Uh, remember, it's the Asian swing here, so the, the scheduling is slightly different. I've, I, I've said it a few times here, but I keep getting emails from people saying, where's the show? Where's the show on Sunday? Thank you very much that you're in- interested where the show is. But because of the timings and because of the way the scheduling are, while the tour is going on in Asia, we'll have shows on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. So we'll be back tomorrow to look ahead to Saturday's matches in Beijing and hopefully Astana as well. There's two tournaments going on this week. Not quite sure if that will be available with the scheduling, but we will have some tennis content uh, tomorrow. But that will continue while the Asian swing is going on. And when we return to Europe, we're back to the traditional times of the Sundays where you get your future shows as well. So a little bit of a change in the format as we go on. Remember, all you have to do is download this podcast, Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. You have to just notify us when anything drops and you'll get notified. You subscribe to there and you won't miss anything. You won't have to tweet me. You won't have to tweet Sean. You just know yourself. And also you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, Betting Weekly Studios, little bell icon, Ring the bell, and that will give you a little notification when these shows come live. And obviously, follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well. Lots of great content on there. Uh, the Ryder Cup this week, uh, some great picks from Simon Holden, who's looking ahead to the best bets on the Ryder Cup. We have the Premier League action, some big games in the Premier League, matches across Europe as well. And we also have on our Instagram page now, we have some correct scores where we give you our best picks on the correct scores. And last week, we had four correct score winners at around about 10 to one or bigger on the Instagram account. So make sure you follow the Instagram at because we win. Uh, we also like your questions. If you have any questions for myself or Sean, please send them through. I know Sean loves to ask your questions, but uh, we haven't got any at the moment, Sean, but uh, we usually get some nice questions. So if you've got any questions, strategies about betting at this time of the year, um, you know, what, what Sean's going to do in his break, how many bus, is he going to bus tour around Europe, all that kind of stuff. Get the questions in and we'll answer the questions as well. Uh, Sean, thanks very much uh, for joining me. Um, just Thank give you. us a recap of your bets for today or for tomorrow, sorry, the early hours of Friday. Yeah, so the official plays are Nicholas Jarry to beat Sitsipas. I think you said that's a plus 165 chance just now. Gone, bet just missed it, plus 165 now. And the other one was over 22 and a half total games at even money with Bet Rivers, and that is in the match between Mackenzie McDonald and Grigor Dimitrov. So there you go. Two matches there. We have some other matches. If you haven't seen Tuesday's show, uh, get on the YouTube channel, watch the show there. There is some picks on the first round there. Could be a good night for us. We had a good night to start uh, today, and we're plus 7.28 units up for 2023. So in profit, that's all that matters. Take care, everyone, and I'll speak to you again tomorrow.